this. He is in the know for Monday, August 21, the 233rd day of 2023. There are 132 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through in the know at K105 on Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose. Live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify podcast on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the commonwealth, and the country. Look back on a busy weekend, and we will have uh, Where's Quacky Day number 11, that and a whole lot more coming up today. Here on in the know. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire. Is my beautiful wife, the beautiful girl. It's the good morning, sweetheart. Good. How you doing? I'm okay. I think the world wants to know: Are your ears better? Um, actually, yes. They are better. Yes. Yeah, so B- back to one hundred percent. Well, put those drops in there yesterday, and it was crazy. I could like actually hear. How you all of a sudden just went. <laughs> yes. What? Yes. Exactly. I was like, whoa. Okay. Well, so, I'm glad they're better. Everybody was wondering throughout I'm sure. the weekend. They yeah, were holding so, their breath. Holding. They couldn't wait to hear the hear the report over there in chair number two. We say he is the five time winner of the coveted Ohio News Hawk Award. He's the two time Silver Stone nominee, covering every corner of the globe: London, Budapest, Rio, Tokyo. And even Brownsville. He's Sam Gormley. And the sports. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad. You had an exciting trip to Brownsville on Friday evening. Is, is there any other kind? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean listen, listen, last two times we've been to Brownsville, it's, it's been exciting. There has been some excitement the last two times that perhaps you've been. Well, I've been through, I've been through a couple of times. But. Yeah. Exciting game, though. Close. It came it, down to the wire. It was. Uh, it, both teams had an opportunity. Well, Edmondson County had a chance to tie in the closing moments. Well, they could have gone uh, for two. Had a big big defensive stand. Yeah, they could have gone could have gone for two. But uh, looked good, sounded good. Uh, and the Cougars get to keep that layer of orange and blue paint on the tobacco stick for another year. Yeah, five straight, which is the longest stretch that the Cougars have want, have kept the tobacco stick in Litchfield. So it's it's been good. I've never seen Edmondson County win the Tobacco Bowl. Oh yeah, I guess that's right. Because mm-hmm. the last time that they they had won was 2017, and my first year here was 18. Well, and the then we because so, I had somebody ask the other day. I said, "Well, it's you know what, five. It had been five in a row, but we lost a COVID game. So it was. It's been five straight games now. Okay, but six straight years. Six straight years because, because in 2020 the they didn't play because of the gap. Okay. Well, um, you were there. You got there safely and returned safely, and the Cougars got a win, and that's good. And now, uh, is it homecoming already on Friday? Yes, it is homecoming this coming Friday. Cougars will welcome in Marshall County, only the second all-time matchup between these two. And we can give you – maybe you can think about it throughout the week and see if you can remember the only other time that they played them. It wasn't at Marshall County or it wasn't at Grayson County and see if you can't remember where that game was played. Interesting. Because you might have been on the call with it. Uh, perhaps mid two thousands. Yeah, maybe. Oh, uh, uh, Coach Alea took canned goods to school this morning. So good. Um, right? Yeah, yes. she can, <laughs> is she a you, coach now? Yes. Yes, yeah, she, she is. She, I didn't yeah, take a photo. I should have. She's uh, well. Of course, they're having her theme humor week. Was not. They're taking theme week, so she had her placard on that said. Said uh, Coach, Alea. Coach Alea, and she had her Grayson County bass fishing T-shirt on, mm-hmm. and she took a can of tomato soup, 
which I did like her play. She said, I probably wouldn't like that kind. She was happy. <laughs> she was happy to donate it to the cause because she thought, yeah. I pr- probably wouldn't like that kind. And my guess is, Sam, you wouldn't like the tomato soup either. Uh, it's, it's not my, I don't despise it as much as, <laughs> as others. You are so, yeah, you're, you're like an anomaly. <laughs> but you it's won't not, eat tomato, but you might, you might eat tomato soup. Tomato soup. Yeah. I mean, it's I, not. I don't understand you, Sam. I, I do that before I take a bite out of a raw tomato, I'll tell you that. It got warm yesterday. It's going to get warmer uh, again today. We're going to see some dangerous heat dominating this week's forecast. As pleasant as it was last week and as nice as it was, we have to uh, we have to pay that back this week. We're going to see some heat advisories, some excessive heat warnings. I think uh, here in our area we have an excessive heat warning until uh, Friday afternoon, Friday evening, I think, and then not until Saturday do we get to stay in the 80s, but... 95 today, 96 tomorrow, 97 on Wednesday, 99 on Thursday. So it just goes up, up, up. Thursday and Friday, we should top out at 99 and then back into the 80s. And it will continue to be muggy as well. So, I mean, look at Friday. Is there not a better football weather on Friday? Yeah, 99. That's what I'm saying. I would not be shocked to see Friday night's game push back 30 mm, minutes to an hour. Yeah, I can see it because of the heat of the day. Still, still hot at 7 o'clock. So they, they may move it uh, move it back. But we'll keep uh, we'll get we'll let you know about that closer to the time. So there you go. I saw the um, death toll in Maui went to I think one fourteen is what I saw. It's still now eight hundred fifty unaccounted for. I saw over the weekend. You know we're going to get our first uh, GOP presidential GOP presidential debate this week. And former President Trump confirmed yesterday he is skipping Wednesday's first presidential debate, and likely others as well. So he says he's probably not going to be doing the debates. Now, uh, I understand uh, his polling says that he has such a significant lead that he doesn't need to. But as a voter, I think he should. And uh, I don't I don't know. I'm just I already have fatigue with that situation. And we haven't even gotten into the real primary season yet. Five Grayson County teenagers are uh, lucky to be alive after a crash on Peonia Road. On uh, Friday night, about 10 after 11, two of the passengers were riding in the bed of a truck, three in the cab. Apparently, no seatbelts being involved. Two were ejected uh, because they were in the bed of the truck. Police said 19-year-old Harmony Holmes was driving a Chevy pickup truck with four passengers, uh, two 17-year-old male and a 15-year-old female in the bed of the vehicle. And then, based upon what they observed, the truck was traveling east, lost control, entered the westbound lane, then re-entered the eastbound lane, drove off the roadway, missed a culvert by a few inches, and then struck an embankment head-on. So uh, 19-year-old Colton Haycraft and 19-year-old Jasmine Hubry were riding in the cab of the truck. There were some injuries, but uh, not significant enough, non-life-threatening injuries in general. So um, it's, um, it's... They are fortunate. They are very fortunate. I remember um, in the mid-90s when um, the that crash in Edmondson County, they were in the, I think maybe an El Camino, but anyway, it was like the, a bed of a truck. Mm-hmm. And um, that car crash was uh, fatal for, I think, at least three or four individuals. Uh, riding in the back of the truck is, is just not safe. And no seatbelts are. don't see that near as much as you used yeah, to a long time so ago. Sad. On Saturday, um, many people in the community were saying, what's that, to a (laughs) black ring that appeared in the sky above uh, Litchfield in the general area. 
Aliens. Uh, I, that's a good question. You know, of course, you know. You, it's, they're it's, coming it's, for us. It's always funny to see, you know, someone post a photo and then you've got the, you got the ha-ha group. And then you've got the delusional group. And then you got the people who just have no idea, but they just say things based upon, well, whatever. Welcome to social media. Yes. But sourcing out the ha-ha group is sometimes hard because you don't necessarily know everybody involved. And then someone says something, are they being serious? Like, are they, is that a, a serious thing? So about the most reasonable thing I saw, I guess I can tell where that has a look of smoke to it. But uh, if I were to go ha-ha, I would say murder hornets because remember the murder hornets came and went awfully quick oh, yeah. you know the murder hornets were going to get us all and then for whatever reason they got busy doing something else and was it you know synchronized aerial maneuvers is these with the murder horn i saw someone say starlings and i thought well okay i could see a formation of that and so i don't know what it is but at uh, k105.com you can see different articles from around the country of communities that have experienced the same thing some people say it's like a smoke ring from fireworks. That's, if it makes you feel – so the colonel across the street, Debbie Childers, she sent me a message this morning and said that she saw it and took a picture. And she said that the first one was creepy the second time she heard an explosion and then saw the ring. So that might back up. She says it's a smoke ring. And if the colonel says it's a smoke ring, I mean, it, who am I to judge? Do we still have that sticker in your office that says something about oh, yeah. reporting a um – the alien invasion. Yes, alien that, invasion. I don't really that know is, where that that's ever come it, from. Okay, listen, it's, it was, it's it was there prior to me. So, <laughs> the other big talk this weekend has been the biggest pumpkin and biggest watermelon have been decided at the state fair. The state fair runs through, I guess, the weekend this coming weekend. This year's pumpkin topped the scales at over one thousand two hundred seventy pounds. There on your screen, if you're watching, you can see the prize watermelon. 276.8 pounds. Could baby carry that watermelon? <laughs> I'm going with I don't, no. I don't think baby could carry that watermelon. And then she wouldn't say watermelons. I carried watermelon, even if she could. So, congrats. Let's see. Um, trying to tell you where the um, Scott Bayek from Columbia had the largest pumpkin. And then that's Joseph Miller from down at T-Town, Tompkinsville, is the uh, largest water- watermelon. There you go. Sizable. I thought some of the pumpkins you were growing, hon, were large, but not 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 twelve hundred pounds. No, big. I don't think they're going to make it to be that large. Speaking of state fair, a man has been arrested after accidentally shooting his girlfriend at the state fair. Nineteen-year-old Amari McClung had a firearm become dislodged from his waistband as he attempted to gain control of the gun. He had fired a single shot, struck his eighteen-year-old girlfriend in the foot. The incident happened on the Midway about 6.15 on Saturday. She was transported to UofL Hospital. He was charged with first-degree wanton endangerment and carrying a concealed deadly weapon. Uh, date didn't end so well. How old is he, did you say? Uh, he said uh, 19. Interesting. He's 19. She's 18. His gun went off. If they were on a first date, I bet there's not a second date. What do you guess? Uh probably safe assumption if i went on a first date and came away with a bullet wound to my foot i'd probably say that may be a sign or maybe it's a heck of a story to tell perhaps to your kids one day despite some snags kentucky's largest school district finished its bus drop-offs earlier on friday than it did a week before but still were uh later 7 43 p.m was the last student drop-off on friday which i mean 
I know they're doing staggering school, staggered school, but I think the latest dismissal is 4.30, so it still takes three hours to get all the students home. Uh, I'd say they're going to have to improve upon that. But today, today is the real test because all students, high school, middle school, elementary school, are all going back in the Jefferson County public school system today. So we will see how they do. Down in Bowling Green, they have a new, they're adding to their fleet with uh, their first new electric buses. The wheels on several Bowling Green buses are now going round and round without combustion. They are going with uh, electrical engines. They have 13 new zero-emission electric buses. So it be interesting to see how that, how that works. Uh, your dad was asking me about that on Friday. He oh, really? said, did you see about the new electric buses? So they must have been watching the news right before they came over. Must have. But I hadn't seen that story yet. I don't, I don't know if there are any, I don't know. Uh, we don't have any electric buses. We would know that, wouldn't we? We, we I, don't, but it's something that. I'd say we probably will eventually. Yeah, I, I, I'd assume that some, sometime, yeah. Oral arguments were heard by the Kentucky Supreme Court on Wednesday in a lawsuit involving legislation passed by the General Assembly this year regarding the gray machines, devices that resemble slot machines. While the underlying case on the, is on the legality of gray machines, which were banned after passage of House Bill 594, the hearing on Wednesday involves another bill, Senate Bill 126. That measure allows the defendants in a civil suit involving the constitutionality of laws, executive orders, administrative regulations, and other orders by a cabinet to submit a petition in the circuit court where the suit was filed to have it moved. If the Attorney General's office seeks to become an intervening party, that ca- they could also seek a change of venue. Under Senate Bill 126, the clerk of the Supreme Court would then be required to draw a new venue for the case at random. So I guess they think that if they can get it out into another court, they may be able to uh, change the chances of uh, winning or losing in that case. So it has been... I do like the idea of moving some of these uh, jurisprudence-type things out into the state because it puts too much power in the in the hands of one particular county's court, and that being Franklin County in Kentucky. So, but you could also get some real circus, some real circus trials, you know, moved around from out into some communities. Really, just aren't set up to handle it. It would seem. Spain has won their first Women's World Cup after a 1-0 win over England. So, And I was reading where Olga Carmona, she scored in the first half of the final. Spain held on to capture the tournament, and then she learned right after the match that her father had died. Oh, that's awful. And that was, that was Sue. So she went from, you know, went from such a high to... Such a low, but uh, there were no specific details involved in that. But feel bad for her. The Reds didn't have a good weekend. The Yankees didn't have a good weekend. Did the Reds get swept or just lose no, two? No, they of just three? lost two out of three. They lost two Saturday. Saturday they lost by one run. It was a really, really good game. And then yesterday just wasn't Hunter Green's day. And that that's baseball. Jays had what five home runs yesterday? Something like that. Something it like it that. wasn't. It it wasn't. They were almost all what we classify as Great American Ballpark home runs, too. Like, first row, <laughs> second yeah. row. Like, they, and which, I mean, they're home runs, but it was more just like, come on, Great American. The Yankees have just imploded, and um, it will be interesting to see what offseason changes are made. Um, I didn't realize that they, because I don't 
keep track of the American League standings. I, I hadn't realized that they were as far under 500 as they were. Yeah, I mean, just since the All-Star break. I mean, you can almost draw a line back to when Judge got hurt at the against the Dodgers. You can draw a straight line since then because it put him back on the on the DL for a while, and then. Um, but I don't know if I don't I don't think Boone survives. Brian Cashman might not survive, um, and it's more of an elongated. It's not just this season, but this season is the the straw that's probably going to break the back on just underperforming and having too many expensive players that can't manage to stay on the field. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. They obviously have Judge sewn up. But uh, let's see, you're going to see a lot of personnel changes in the offseason. William Byron dominated at Watkins Glen for his Cup Series leading fifth victory of the year. So at uh, Watkins Glen, where they turn both left and right. And I think they're down to maybe they got four games left in their regular season before they start their, you see, know, their I, long NASCAR yeah, playoff. This, this would have do. been one of the races that I would have, like, always would play in my, you know, I loved watching at the Glen because it was challenging and so on. Mm-hmm. Didn't even know it was happening. No, other stuff to other stuff to pay attention to, I suppose. So, well, there are all your news headlines for the day. We're going to announce the day number ten. Where's Quacky coming up? And then we will ask you the question: Well, where will we find Where's Quacky on day number eleven? We'll give you your chance to win. And plus, we got plenty more stuff coming up here on in the note. Today is Senior Citizens Day. It is Poets Day. And it is Cupcake Day. That's what we're celebrating today. Last time I had a cupcake for certain was in April. The latest birthday? Mm-hmm. Don't think I've had one since then. I feel like I have. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to... Now, does Alaya eat the cupcake, or does she just eat, eat a handful of icing kind of thing? Is she at that age, or is she past that? She eats a required amount of cake, but that's if what will be left. Yeah, yeah okay. if necessary. Okay. Uh, especially just the the cake that's attached to the icing, obviously, will uh-huh. get consumed. Uh, and then maybe a little bit look, maybe but a little bit more. But if it's cupcake form, because it has the little paper on the outside... She can easily just get the icing right mm-hmm. off the top. Just shave it. I shave did the top learn off. something about her. Um, so she went to a birthday party. She actually tried red velvet cake. Hmm. Listen, this kid does not try anything like at all. <laughs> Must have been the only cake. And well, <laughs> I can't remember what she said the bottom part was, but it was something that was an absolute no go. But she said I didn't like it. Hmm. <laughs> not okay. even the icing on it. Well, she did. Hard to believe. Well, because red velvet icing is not necessarily the like it's not sweet as sweet as to what she's used to. That's right. Yeah, it doesn't have that. And see, I'm with her on that. I'd rather have the non-traditional. It's day number eleven of Where's Quacky, and we need to wrap up day number ten first on Friday. Quacky spent the day in the computer lab at ECTC Litchfield. So it was probably pretty easy to identify that it was a computer lab or at least an educational institution, but there could be multiple labs, but that one was at ECTC Litchfield. And Wendy Sumner Lambert was the uh, person who was drawn from all the correct entries. She knew ECTC's Litchfield campus computer lab. And she has her very own duck in the Ducking Hunger Regatta that is coming up on Labor Day. Now, day number 11 of Where's Quacky need you to tell us over there on our Facebook page 
there is uh, this photograph out by itself in the thread, and you'll need to comment in that uh, thread where Quacky is spending the day. Tell us where Quacky is spending the day. Quacky's getting a little, little, little difficult there. This time tomorrow, you might have, uh, you might hmm. be the the latest winner. Do you do you think you got? I that? have an idea. Hmm. I uh, I can tell you, I don't. No. He's he's behind some glass. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think we it's have an aquarium gonna, or anything. It's going to be what's in the distance that should be the. Yeah, that's not a dead giveaway. No, I mean it, but it's, uh, it's it's enough a, of a better only, clue. It's the only context mm-hmm. that you that you get. Okay, uh, so that's day number eleven of Where's Quacky. Please make sure that all the ducks get sponsored. There are two thousand of them that are up uh, for sponsorship. And you could win $1,000, and even if you don't win $1,000, you'll have contributed to help create 80,000 meals for the Grayson County Alliance Food Pantry. So very much needed. Day number 11 of Where's Quacky. Do you know what a brushing scam is? It seems like there are all types of different scams that we have to beware of. Something a dentist would say? It, you would think, it's like brushing, what does that mean? So if you come home and find unexpected packages on your doorstep, maybe boxes full of random merchandise from Amazon or other companies, seems like you might have hit a jackpot. But the Better Business Bureau is warning that this scam is called brushing, and it has a scary downside, and you're not the real winner. A brushing scam has uh, surged nationwide. You start receiving unordered boxes of miscellaneous items like humidifiers, hand warmers, flashlights, Bluetooth speakers, uh, vacuum cleaners. The items are often lightweight and inexpensive to ship, like ping pong balls or face masks or even seeds from China. It happens when a third-party seller gets hold of your name, shipping address, and potentially even your account information, and they then send you unsolicited items and then write a positive review on your behalf. Now, when you read the reviews Mm -hmm. on Amazon, it says verified purchase because anybody can go in there and just create a review, but Amazon has a way of saying, oh, these were delivered to your house, so that means a person by this name or whatever can write a review, and so that can be problematic. But here's why it's a red flag. If you've received items as though you've purchased them, it signifies that someone has access to your personal information, your name, your address, and perhaps even your phone number are all potentially exposed. And once this information is online, it could be used for many different illicit activities. The companies uh, executing the brushing scam increase their sales numbers by making these fake purchases, though padded, The inflation sales numbers improve the company's reputation and lead to more legitimate sales. There's also a component where there is a a porch piracy tied to it. Mm -hmm. So it will be someone shipping something, and then the pirates also get a notice and say, this has been delivered here, and they swoop in and get it, and you didn't buy it, you didn't order it, you're not expecting it, but you were used as the middle person in some type of theft. So that can be a uh, problem. So what can you do? If this happens to you, one, contact the retailer. Two, return the package. If it comes from USPS, if it's been unopened and it was delivered to your address, you just write return to sender on the outside of it and they will take it back. If there is a return shipping address, do not pay for unordered merchandise. 
I would hope that we would know better than that, but if you didn't, if you didn't order it, don't <laughs> buy it. You're not obligated to pay for it. Try to identify the sender, monitor your accounts, and have strong passwords. Those are all things that you can do if you're involved in some type of brushing scam. It seems kind of harmless, mm-hmm. and on the surface, it maybe is, especially if a person's getting free stuff. They go, hey, look, free stuff. But um, there could be some dangers associated. Uh, headline uh, re- relative to our online shopping, Americans return a mind-boggling amount of stuff. More than a century ago, J.C. Penney pioneered the concept of no questions asked returns. Even so, the return rate was maybe 2%. But in today's age of Internet shopping, the return rate is close to 20% and perhaps twice that for items of clothing. The business of handling returns is now a business unto itself. One jaw-dropping stat cited is that winter holiday returns in the United States, winter holiday returns in the United States amount to more than $300 billion just for holiday returns. So 1.5% of our U.S. gross domestic product which would be bigger than the GDP of many countries around the world. It's just the stuff that people got for Christmas and said, nah, do they have blue or I don't want this mm-hmm. or so. So what happens to this stuff? Um, have you had a friend who has participated in a pallet sale? <laughs> I feel like the person who sits in this chair, who's <laughs> this person's original chair here is starting to talk to me. It's mm-hmm. uh-huh. getting some vibes. Uh-huh. Several people, several people that you know, maybe the that professional are in, bargain hunter are in pallet liquidation. And well, sometimes these things get repackaged and sold as new. A whole new industry of companies, one trade group is name is uh, Reverse Logistics Association, has sprung up to buy returned items for pennies on the dollar, then resell them to pallet stores, and then they end up, you pay not pennies on the dollar, but you pay maybe 50 cents on the dollar. But I will just tell you, uh, by the way, also a lot of the merchandise at Ollie's is also from this return stuff. Oh. So just be prepared. The couple times that we've been, that I've been involved in something related to a pallet liquidation, both times there was missing hardware or damage of some kind. Yeah. That the box gets sealed back up and it looks like it was new. And I saw you look over there, Sam. I was going to say that's that's one of the things that is because I was the one that built that. Sam looked directly at it. it was like, oh yeah, that was missing hardware. Yeah, because I was the one that had to build it. That's what Quacky is resting on over there. Because uh, I think the gray pole that you can kind of see in the bottom <laughs> left-hand corner, isn't it like cracked or something? I'm sure it's it's something, but yeah, it's a, yeah, know, a lot of scratch and dent. I think of, I was getting very frustrated yeah. the day that I mm-hmm. was trying to build it. Yep. Uh, speaking of our online shopping habits and returns, I did see, that, you know, in America is a relatively new country by worldly standards. But you can get into portions of the world where roads are much more narrow. In fact, roads were built for chariots, not cars, and not certainly not Amazon trucks. In Cornwall, England, a picture has captured the moment a um, truck tried to squeeze down a narrow road in a seaside village. 
This Amazon truck got into a tight spot when he traveled to St. Agnes on the north coast. Almost got wedged between two grade two <laughs> listing buildings. He, wow. Oh He's in there. Yeah. and Did he get out? I, the, um, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't reverse, kept driving forward after about 25 minutes and multiple dents on the vehicle. He managed to free what they call a lorry, L-O-R-R-Y. We would call it a truck. And, I mean, you sometimes you get to the point of no return. Uh-huh. Yeah. You get so far in there, like, well, they're just going to have to go through it and suffer the consequences. And if we have building damage, well, then we have building damage. But driving a truck, I don't – we – I saw someone post the meme over the weekend. It had pictures of an 18-wheeler out on the highway, and I don't know where it came from. But it just said, if you don't like trucks, stop buying stuff. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. our, our buying habits, wherever you buy them, online or directly from a retail store, it gets delivered somehow, and it involves most likely a truck. So, and truck drivers are harder to find. And but here are another seven unexpected jobs that can earn you six figures that you might not knew, know existed. Number one is a data ethicist. In the age of big data and artificial intelligence, the role of a data ethicist has emerged as a critical one. Companies are increasingly concerned about the ethical implications of their data practices. So if you know a little bit about ethics and you know a little bit about data, put the two together and Hmm. that might be you. The second is a user experience researcher. By the way, that data ethicist, ethicist position, according to ZipRecruiter, has a national pay average of $160,000. Two, user experience researcher. User experience researchers analyze how people interact with products and services to enhance usability and satisfaction by conducting user test surveys and interviews. They provide invaluable insights that shape design decisions. Number three, an ethical hacker, they call a white hat. Another gig at the intersection of tech and data, ethical hackers, also known as penetration testers or white hat hackers, help organizations identify and fix security vulnerabilities. That's an average salary of uh, 106000 A medical science liaison bridges between pharmaceutical companies and healthcare professionals. Number five, drone pilot. Mm. Hmm. I didn't realize I didn't realize we were so sought after. $120,000. Just as long as there's no The estimated total pay for a drone pilot is 120,000 with an average salary of 89,000 a year. So I don't know where the difference is made up. Just as long as there's no churches in the area, right? That's right. Let's see. Traveling nurse, $120,000. And an engineering project manager, $148,000. Engineers who manage other engineers make really good money, according to this. Hmm. In case you're looking. Of course, if you're any one of those things, you probably already know that information. But, And it might be helpful for you to know. I happen to know we have some and we have an insect problem. Ugh. Aloe vera may double as an all-natural insecticide. Aloe vera has been a natural remedy for a thousand years, promoting skin health, digestion, healing wounds. 
Even today, people still use the gelatinous inside of the plant for these purposes, and the peel usually ends up in the trash. But now scientists report the peel can ward off bugs acting as a natural insecticide. It's likely that millions of tons of aloe peels are disposed globally every year. We wanted to find a way to add value and make those useful. So now you can use them outside and uh, control some level of uh, of insects. Wow. So would you like to have this story? Yes, I see I would. you'd like to have Thank that uh, more entailed information. Yes. So there you go. might help you in your garden or around your house. we got to get to a break. Rub it on me. Rub it on. we got to get to a break. Today's Did You Know. we got the weekend box office coming up and more here on In the Know. Did You Know. Uh, first, I know you know that I have always been an advocate that we took a, we took the wrong path when we chose hello over ahoy as our telephone greeting. I feel like we made you, a terrible mistake. UConn still dropping ahoy? Yes, UConn, UConn does ahoy me. But I didn't realize until this morning that hello didn't become a greeting until the telephone arrived. So it was a when Alexander Graham Bell, when he decided he chose between hello and ahoy, he chose hello, but it was just because of the phone. Before that, I don't know what we were, I don't know how we were greeting one another. I mean, hey is a derivative of hello. Mm -hmm. So greetings, greetings and salutations Mm -hmm. from afar. Hola. I don't, I don't. I mean, hard to say. How did we? How did we greet one another? I wasn't around when the... uh, Maybe someone knows. When the telephone was. Sup. Sup. How you doing? The weekend box office. Blue Beetle snuck up on Barbie. So the Barbenheimer rain has come to an end, at least for one week. Blue Beetle even still underperformed. They expected it to do about $28 million. It did it $25. Barbie still did $21. Oppenheimer did $10. Strays. Did not perform well, and I think that's for the very reason we're talking about. You got a finite group of people that want to hear profanity and animated dogs. You can't take your kids, so it was like, well, if you can't take them, you got a lot of people that don't want to watch the animated version, and especially when there are other movies out there, Blue Beetle, Barbie, Oppenheimer, etc. So Strays comes in at number five in its opening weekend at eight point three million. Stray's stray. According to a uh, William Hill Vegas, you know, they're the people that do uh, gambling. William Hill is a big uh, gambling establishment over in Europe. They have now surveyed and decided the best James Bond film ever. Goldfinger? It would be in my top few, but Skyfall from 2012 has been hmm. decided to be the best James Bond film ever. It's good. It's especially good because it has a theme song sung by Adele. Mm-hmm. They surveyed 3,500 fans of the franchise. It couldn't just be people that had heard of it. These were actual fans, and they asked them to rank them 17.5% of the vote. Far ahead of the second place, Goldfinger, at 8.5%, starring the late Sean Connery. Craig's final entry, No Time to Die, came in at third with 7%. Connery's last outing is 007, which was Never Say Never Again, was voted the worst Bond film of all time with just 0.6% of the vote. I don't 
my dad was really not a fan of the most recent one. Which I don't remember what which one that one was. No time to die. Really? And that was the second second best or third best? Yes. Interesting. I, maybe because it's the freshest, but it's it it there's a big there's a big pivot in there in that uh, in the franchise, which is I think one of the reasons they're having trouble figuring out where to go from here. I I like the Daniel Craig ones, without a doubt. Daniel Craig is my Believe it or not, he's my second favorite Bond. He's behind Connery, just slightly ahead of Roger Moore. Um, not, th- not Lazenby? D- well, uh, I mean, I like Lazenby bo- better than um, Timothy Dalton. <laughs> Timothy Dalton was the worst. Uh, the guy that played Remington Steele, uh, I can't remember his name now. Um, he, he was better than Timothy Dalton. Pierce, I mean, not yeah, Pierce, Pierce, Bros- Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan, yeah, yeah. that's him. So he's better. He had a short run at it. He didn't. Uh, he didn't ruin his opportunity. But interesting that Skyfall. I think. I think what you should also do. I think. I think what people should do is you should rank all of the. You should rank all of the Connery ones. You should rank all the Moore ones. You should rank all the Daniel Craig ones. You should rank the Timothy Dalton ones and pick the best of those and then rank those mm-hmm. and then figure out which one is the best. I think that would How be a better How many hours way. would this be? To watch them all? Yeah. Oh. They're, on, they're on Max, aren't they? At least one so. time I think uh, they were. They're on Max and I think they're also on uh, maybe on MGM+. Plus. Less or more hours than uh, Star Wars. More. Oh, yeah. More. There, there are more Bond uh, okay. movies than there are Star it, Wars Maybe 20 movies. Bond movies? Probably. Something right. like Give that. Closing in on that. I saw this on um, Twitter yesterday and made me laugh. A minor league baseball team. 24. The, 24. The Brooklyn. So 24 times 2. 48 take hours. Take a good 40. Take at least 48 hours Goodness. end to end. And they're probably all, they're all probably two hours long. That's a pop. That's a lot of popcorn. The Brooklyn Cyclones is a high A affiliate of the New York Mets, and they had Seinfeld night last week. And one of the things that they did was an Elaine dancing contest. Oh, that's awesome. And I got to see the video of all the different Elaine characters and how... So so this, this move is the one... So it's the leg forward, <laughs> thumb out, but then your head's got to go a particular, mm-hmm. right? You're, you have to contort your neck in a certain way. If you don't have that pose in your Elaine dance, it does not count, right? There's a technique. You, there are some other things you can do, but there were a few in here that it was, they, they were freestyling too much. There's a specific way that you have to do it in order to do it, but it was fun to see them go back to back to back in their interpretation. So, I don't know who the winner was, but Sam, I think you have a list of all the contenders if you want to look at it later. Dolly Parton has teamed up with Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr for a Let It Be cover. Is this on her rock and roll album? I presume that it is. She is doing uh, Let It Be. She did Baby I Love Your Way with Peter Frampton. She did Open Arms with Steve Perry. She did Heart of Glass with uh, Blondie's Debbie Harry. And she did Wrecking Ball with Miley. Just, I mean, it makes sense as to why she did it with Miley, but you mm-hmm. just list Steve Perry, Paul McCartney, Miley. It's just funny hearing her in that realm. Does Dolly ride the wrecking ball like <gasps> in the video? It wouldn't shock me if she would. 
I got it. McCarthy's got a little Kentucky waterfall almost going on there. And I picture Dolly can't wear the wife beater. (laughs) Yeah, no. She. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she can, but I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) No one hers. It may not bode well. (laughs) No one hers. She'll probably have some like Dolly themed. Just how she, you know, maybe. And then sad to learn, if you were a This Is Us fan, you know who William is. The actor who played William on This Is Us, Ron Cephas Jones, has passed at age 66. So play the father of Sterling K. Brown on the show. He's a pretty important character, too, and they did a good job with the storyline. But he has uh, gone on in at age 66. Got to get to a break. We'll come back, wrap it up for the morning here on In the Note. MB's point to ponder for today is pretending to not understand sarcasm the greatest form of sarcasm? A little bit, yeah. yeah in a way, yeah. You're not wrong. But... Yeah. Oh, sarcasm? What are you talking about? It's sarcasm, isn't it? All right, on television tonight, The Bachelorette, season 20 finale. American Ninja Warrior is on NBC. You're not going to make your prediction on who wins that for it? Uh, Chloe. Caitlin. Oh, that's another good one. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's, I mean, you got it. Listen, I can't. You got probably I know a 20% you, chance at the time. You're more of the authority in here. So I, no. now I'm actually kind of curious to well, see listen, if there I is Listen, I can't wait till the old people are doing it. <laughs> uh, I think that's the fall. So it's right? coming up real soon. And on A&E, in case he has any left, The Secrets of Prince Andrew. Who has more secrets, Victoria or Prince Andrew? I don't know. Today's highlight <laughs> in history, this date in 1831, Nat, Nat Turner launched a violent slave rebellion in Virginia, resulting in the deaths of at least 55 white people. Turner was later executed. Yes. I was going to say, since it's the Bachelorette... The girl is the person choosing from the men. Oh, gotcha. So I don't think Chloe is going to win more than likely. I don't know. More than likely. They do it differently than when I was young. In 1858, Spencer. the first of... Apparently, Braden made everyone angry last week. Okay, well, Braden, can you go with him? Chloe used to be Clark. In 1858, the first of seven debates took place between Illinois Senator senatorial contenders Abraham Lincoln and Stephen Douglas. The Mona Lisa was stolen from the Louvre, this date, 1911. Got it back a couple years later. President Eisenhower signed an executive order making Hawaii the 50th state, this date in 1959. Saw where the uh, president and first lady, they were going from vacation to Hawaii. Uh, Kim Cattrall is 67. Jim McMahon is 64. The Punky QB is 64 today. Khalees is 44. I didn't know she had another song other than Milkshake. She had a song called Bossy. Wasn't she? Who was she dating? Like the rumor that she was dating a couple months ago? Was it Weird Al or somebody like that? It was some weird, like it was a weird. Usain Bolt is 37 today. Casey Musgraves is 35. Gone but not forgotten. Bill Murray. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bill Murray. I knew it was somebody like way above. 
Count Basie in 1904, Fritz Freeling in 1906, Chris Schenkel in 1923, Wilt Chamberlain in 1936, Kenny Rogers in 1938, and Harold Reed from the Statler Brothers, 1939. Chart toppers. Pretty decent. Gone but not forgotten list. Pretty good. Let's go to, I, I do regret not seeing Kenny Rogers in concert. He would have been one I'd really like to see before he went on in. He was an, he was a COVID casualty, if you recall. 1960, Roy Orbison was number one. Roy's not letting you turn him off, I guess, is he? No, he's kind of a takeover. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess Roy says you're you're getting me and and me only. My jukebox is kind of making me mad. Uh, 1969, the Rolling Stones were number one with Honky Tonk Women. Uh, 78, Frankie Valley in Greece. 87, U2. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. 96, Quad City DJs, come on and ride it. Come on, everybody, and ride it. Uh, Ponder Replay, Rihanna, number one in 05. And Fancy, number one, that's Iggy Azalea and Charlie XCX. Fancy, number one in 2014. All right, MB Furloughism for today. Today. We're not here to see through each other. We're here to see each other through. We're not here to see through each other. We're here to see each other through. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for B. I'm MB, and now you're in the know.